Welcome to the Permission to Succeed podcast. The purpose of our podcast is to inspire you with stories and wisdom learned from people who are out there killing it. People who at some point in their life gave themselves permission to succeed. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Matt Halloran and Doug Heikinen. Hello and welcome. We are live from the Market Council Summit meeting in beautiful Las Vegas Four Seasons Hotel. To kick things off, we're going to interview Brian Hamburger, the president and CEO of this wonderful Market Council event. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. We are super excited, one, to find out a little bit more about the event, and two, to find out a little bit about when you gave yourself permission to be as successful as you've become. So let's talk about the event itself. Where did this idea come from? You know, I wish I could say that this was a culmination of a, of a 10-year plan, and this was a vision from the, from the very beginning. Um, we started uh, started the conference uh, 11 years ago, and uh, we started as effectively a compliance workshop as a way to gain um, a FaceTime with clients who were who were not necessarily coming into the office, and we didn't see uh, all that frequently. And we said, "Hey, why don't we why don't we actually have an event and uh, and start to create maybe a bit of, of community?" And you know, we thought it was wildly successful. I think we we got about 30 people there, and we got a few of the custodians to come and, and give away some tchotchkes and. Uh, we said, "Wow, this is this is awesome. Uh, maybe we maybe we should do it again." And uh, and the next year we did it. Uh, we we moved past the initial site, which the initial site was about two hours from our office. Uh, we said, "Let's get a little brave and let's go maybe thirty miles from our office." And uh, <laughs> we uh, we we actually doubled the the attendees, huh. uh, and we we continued to to keep that up for for many many years. And so uh, we we more or less uh, fell into this gap that we, we even didn't perceive uh, within, within the industry. Well, let's talk about that. I'm, I'm very interested in finding out, I mean, as we're walking in today, there's booths upon booths of, of people who desperately want to see this market. So talk a little bit about what's made this so successful, why you have people lining up at the door to sponsor the event and to get their information out to your audience. Yeah, you know, this, it's interesting because um, we, uh, we're service providers to RAAs uh, and wealth managers. And uh, because of that, we've got a high degree of empathy for uh, the service providers that uh, that come to the event. Some of which come, and you'll see that they have uh, kind of this podium to uh, to exhibit their uh, their wares with a nice LCD screen. Some of them come simply as service providers, uh, uh, supporters uh, of the of the event. Um, and we've from the beginning, we felt that the notion of cardening off service providers to a separate expo hall or mm-hmm. area really meant that you were creating a class uh, of, of attendees uh, unnecessarily. Um, and that uh, one of the really fascinating things about this, uh, this fast-growing space is the sense of community. And it's not just community amongst RIAs. It's community amongst RIAs, uh, those service providers that help, them, that help enable them to do amazing things or things that are far beyond what they'd otherwise be able to do on their own. Uh, but it's also leading journalists. Um, it's it's making sure that they're all speaking with one another as opposed to the typical conference expo hall where advisors go there maybe because meals are served there, maybe because they want to bring home the stuffed animal for their kids. Uh, but they're defensive, right? They're, and they're, they're kind of going through there in a pretty tense way. Here, we um, it's important for us to weave service providers uh, really into the fabric of the conference itself. Now, compliance in general isn't <clears throat> the most popular. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
when you started this, what were your biggest fears? I mean, because, you know, I've heard you referred to as the business prevention department, and of course, way, way worse than that. But when you started this, I mean, you had to have had some fears that this wasn't going to grow to this. Who said that business? <laughs> I want to know right now. <laughs> no, I'm playing um, the fifth you, on that one. Yeah. You know, we um, when we started, it was a compliance conference. Okay. Um, and, uh, and what we quickly realized is that while our day-to-day utility with so many of our clients is regulatory compliance, uh, what the conference really emerged into is um, is how do we engage the executives? And quite often the executives weren't the ones who were handling regulatory compliance. And the the opportunity or the gap that I, I mentioned right in the beginning was uh, there really was no comfortable neutral zone. You know, and when I say neutral zone, a conference that was devoid of membership affiliation mm-hmm. or where you custody your assets, just somewhere that everyone could come together, the entire leadership of the industry can come together and really uh, kick around ideas, debate uh, concepts, engage in active, uh, in active dialogue. And so um, you, you'll find that as we go through our conference, um, there's just not a lot of regulatory compliance uh, concentration. There's a mention of it almost everywhere because our philosophy of market council is that regulatory compliance for the RAAs that we serve uh, needs to be weaved into their operational standards. It's mm-hmm. an operational standard that is a non-negotiable one, perhaps, uh, but it's not separate and apart from everything else. So you'll hear us talk about regulatory compliance, okay. but in context. Gotcha. What have been some of the best highlights of the council? You said 11 years. 11 years. I mean, you know, so people look back uh, on the conference and they see big names that uh, were have been so incredibly kind to us to come and speak to the attendees. And, you know, off the top of my head, I mean, people will always relate back to Mark Cuban, uh, you know, really having a, a very candid dialogue with Chris Cox following uh, his SEC investigation. Uh, you'll, you'll hear people talk about Tony Robbins, uh, who was kind enough to come and talk about, uh, talk about his book. Uh, Sally Krawcheck was kind enough to uh, speak about, how this male-dominated industry really needs to pivot and be a lot more understanding of the needs of the other half of the population in this world. Um, and, uh, you know, you have folks like Elliot Spitzer, right? The, the people, I, I got hate mail for bringing <laughs> Elliot Spitzer uh, to the conference and just simply wowed people with, uh, with some of the concepts he, he discussed from the stage. So, you know, those are the things that make the highlight real. But what's really interesting about the summit is the reason that some people come to their first or second summit isn't the reasons they cite when they leave as being the most valuable. Uh, because while we really work hard to put, uh, to put on stage an amazing uh, curriculum, it's really the, the community themselves that end up having the most intellect collectively. Um, and so really the highlights that I have are conversations I've had in the hallways and in so many of the private meetings. I mean, we've sold out this hotel, not just from a room standpoint uh, here at the Four Seasons Las Vegas, uh, but also all of their private meeting rooms will be occupied and used through 100% of the day. Wow. So at any given time, you'll never see more than 50% to two-thirds of the attendees uh, sitting there in the audience, which, uh, which is a little interesting when you're the guy up on stage. So our listeners, what can they expect from this? I mean, what are your highlights that you're already saying, man, this is going to be freaking home run? I never know. Uh, okay. I, I never know. Yeah. I, you know, I'm a kid in the candy shop. So, um, so where I have this amazing ability to 
uh, develop a curriculum completely devoid of any business interests or any sponsor influence. Um, and I'm not sure many other conferences can, can say that. Um, and so what's so subtle about that one major distinction is that our sophisticated consumers, the, the high-end wealth managers, those that are running the fastest growing uh, firms within the space, they've taken note. They understand that what that means is that there's going to be really good content going on from the stage, that just because someone spent a lot of money to, uh, to sponsor the event doesn't mean that we're going to hear from their, you know, their, their fund manager or mm-hmm. their economist from the stage. We're, that Totally separately, I get to develop this, uh, this curriculum. And that's for better or for worse, right? I mean, I'm, I'm accountable for, for what goes on in the stage, and most of the time it, uh, it works. Sometimes it's just magic, and other times uh, we're trying to figure out if we can find that hook they used to use at the Apollo to kind of grab someone <laughs> off stage. Uh, but, uh, but it works more often than, than it doesn't. But I, I've learned to not anticipate when the highlights are going to be and, and be ready for them at any turn. Let's change it up a little bit. For those out there who don't know, can you talk a little bit about Market Council, what it is, and how it got started? Uh, yeah, sure. I, mean, I could do that all day. Uh, <laughs> I hope you got a lot of memory here. Uh, but no, you know, Market Council is, um, uh, is a business and regulatory compliance consulting firm. Uh, I started Market Council over 18 years ago after, after leaving a law firm, uh, quite frankly, because I just thought we could do better. Uh, I thought that uh, our clients uh, weren't asking us the right questions. Uh, when they were asking us questions, they were calling us too late. There were too many barriers to getting advice. And so uh, I set out to construct something that would help existing advisors really alleviate in a meaningful way uh, the burden of regulatory compliance and, and how they saw it. Uh, because most of their experience was, as you alluded to, the business prevention department. What we also wanted to do is really help create a safe path for those would-be independent advisors to make their way over to independence. Uh, and if you think back on where we were in history uh, 18 plus years ago, um, there was a lot of litigation uh, between uh, major wirehouse, these global financial behemoths uh, that would pursue financial advisors even when they hinted at an interest of, uh, of going independent. If I'm an advisor and I'm nervous, what's the big thing that Market Council can solve for me? Well, it depends what they're nervous about. Um, you know, and, and as I say that, I think the real answer is it, so many times the reason they come to us is really not the thing they should be most concerned about. Um, so they'll come to us and they'll say, oh, we're so nervous about a regulatory exam. You know, we, we've heard about, uh, you know, tips and tricks for surviving a regulatory exam. Uh, and they're, they're nervous about it because there's a lot of pundits out there. There's a lot of experts that spend their days and nights talking about surviving a regulatory exam. And, uh, you know, we've, we've got a whole research team. And, and despite all the years of research, we've never, we've never associated a single death to a regulatory exam. So I think the, you know, the fear may be overstated quite a bit. So many firms are growing at such a phenomenal pace that they're delegating these core uh, responsibilities to other people in their firm that don't necessarily understand the gravitas of things like regulatory compliance. For us, it's certainly understanding where their fears lie, but more importantly, doing a deep dive as to uh, what should they be concerned about? What questions should they be asking? Um, And almost all of our programs are centered around that premise is, uh, hey, we'll We'll understand from them, you know, what's keeping them up at night, but that's not where the story ends. Where the story really has to continue to is let's understand all of the different moving parts and let's make our own assessment and figure out where those threats lie. 
So there's a lot going on in the industry. Some things are happening really quickly. Some things are slow. Um, what's there to be excited about? So, you know, there's an awful lot to be excited about. And uh, I think what's what's most exciting is not what, uh, not what the regulators are doing, uh, not what the advisors are doing, but really what the consumers uh, are doing. Uh, you can't stop consumer sentiment when it really starts to gain momentum. And consumers, for the first time that I've ever seen, are really starting to become more and more engaged as to what they're getting for the dollars that they're spending. And so years ago, uh, consumers would be charged 1%, but what were they being charged 1% for? In many cases, it was an asset-based fee, but for brokerage, uh, and brokerage for which that broker owed the client a suitability standard to make sure that they weren't really acting adverse to the, the client's interest and that the investments were indeed suitable. Uh, however, now clients are starting to ask the question. They're starting to say, you know, I read an article about this fiduciary standard uh, or I've seen an advertisement on TV. And this fiduciary standard, if I understand it correctly, means that the person that I'm paying that same 1% to, or maybe it's a, it's a different fee, is actually has an obligation to act in my best interest. And along the way, they're going to manage my investments. But what's your story? Right? And they're asking that question. And that single question, you know, the fact that we've now gained the attention of the consumer creates, in my opinion, uh, just an unstoppable level of momentum that's far greater than the private sector or the government can, uh, can really address. Let's talk about your path. This is the Permission to Succeed podcast. Is there a point in your life when you threw everything out the window and just went for it? <laughs> well, I... I kind of feel like I do that every morning when I wake up sometimes. Uh, but um, I, uh, you know, when I started uh, Market Council, or I can tell you even before I started Market Council, uh, I went to the law firm that I was with, and I, I really wanted to uh, to explore doing this as a consulting component of the law firm. And uh, and they laughed. Uh, they said there's there's just it's just not viable. Um, when I um, when I went home and was really thinking about it. Um, my, uh, my former wife said, you know, you, you can't, you can't continue to live like this. You've got so many aspirations and, and, uh, skills and talents that, uh, you know, that you, you never wanted to just put to work as, as a lawyer. Um, you really, you know, you really ought to go for it. And I, I remember as she said that, I think I was getting my, my first, uh, bill in the mail for, um, our mortgage payment for our new house that we just bought. Uh, my daughter was, uh, was just born. Uh, she's 18 now. And, uh, and I remember saying, all right, so we'd have to sell this house. And we, we did. And so we put in place a plan to sell the house, moved into, uh, we actually moved into a log cabin on a vineyard with our two dogs, um, and, uh, and took all the proceeds to, uh, to set up shop. Um, so, you know, failure at every junction just simply was never an option. Uh, it was just how much work is it going to take to succeed? And, you know, from, setting up the desks in the office to just, you know, making phone calls to all the folks that I thought would associate themselves with me being their, their attorney. Uh, we really just, I, I say we, I always say we, because it just sounds so much more, more powerful. Uh, but I just set out to make sure that um, uh, I did enough to, to succeed. Uh, and that was at every, every juncture. And then you can, you know, you can fast forward to, uh, to today and I'm, um, uh, you know, I'm a, a single father of three kids. I raised three kids all on my own. And, uh, and I have this opportunity to run both Market Council and our affiliated law firm, the Hamburger Law Firm, 
you know, of which between, you know, the two firms, we have a couple of dozen uh, full-time employees and um, uh, I, I'd have it no other way. Uh, but as you go through these different points in your life, uh, I think you really start to understand what it is you're capable of. Um, and, you know, hopefully people don't go through the types of hardships that, uh, that I've had to go through along the way. But man, when you go through them, uh, you really start to have such a keen understanding of what the human capacity is to endure. Uh, and for me, as I've gone through them, it's been just get to work the next day. You know, just get to work, provide consistency, and consistency breeds trust amongst your people and amongst uh, your your clients. And uh, and then it gives you the ability to, to move forward. When you look at yourself, where you are right now, single dad, three kids, are you still living in the vineyard? No. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I had to ask. It so sounds cool. I'd like to visit that. But, um, you know, you're throwing an amazing event here. Um, what did you learn about yourself? And what did you learn about your potential? What did you learn about like how deep you can dig into yourself to execute what you've executed over the last 11 years? You know, I, I, uh, I, I just, I think I underestimated the interest that people would have in hearing what I had to say, hmm. um, because I, I just assumed that this was dialogue. Um, and I understood that. It, I just assumed that everyone was engaged in frank dialogue along the way. I assumed that, you know, when conferences were put on, they would of course want to lead with, you know, the best content on the stage and they would want to, Call, you know, collect uh, through their community uh, the most interesting people to come to those uh, those conferences. But that's not the case. Um, we don't do this uh, driven by business interests. It's become a nice business along the way, mm-hmm. uh, but we do this based upon you know, how can we have the biggest impact on this community. And this is a showcase of it because if we make this the biggest impact on the community, then people associate us with the success of that community and they see us as a hub within within that community. And that ignores to our benefit throughout the rest of the year. What's the one piece of advice you could share with others who are at that wall and maybe not giving themselves the go ahead to go kill it that you've learned that you could share with them? So I'm really bad at giving advice. Uh, and because, because advice can only be, you know, I can only give advice through my own lens. And uh, and I don't pretend to really have insight into anyone else's journey. Uh, what I can tell them from my perspective is that those walls are movable. Uh, that what appears like a wall, what appears as if it's an impediment, um, is simply something you just need to move out of the way. Uh, and when you truly do believe that you can get to where you need to go and you prioritize that momentum and you just say, this is, uh, this is what we're going to do come hell or high water, um, all of a sudden those walls simply become curtains. You just kind of shift them to the side and you just continue to proceed and, uh, and walk through. Uh, and I, I see that trait among people that have gone through unspeakable hardships in their life. Uh, people that have uh, seemingly set out to have, you know, somewhat humble aspirations of, hey, let me build a successful small business. Uh, and I see people go through these hardships, whether it's with health, whether it's within their family, and it puts everything into perspective and they start to see things differently. Um, and what seemed like a big deal yesterday, what seemed like an argument that was worth having, what seemed like an email that you had to respond to immediately, what seemed like a major mistake that someone on your team made, you start seeing them differently, right? Those, those emails you had to respond to simply go unresponded to and they resolve themselves. You know, the, uh, 
either the big mistake that you or someone on your team make uh, may be, becomes a, a teachable moment that allows you to uh, to really garner their respect uh, and their trust and their admiration. And it just doesn't happen again. In fact, it almost never happens again. And so if you can compound among that success, if you can show up consistently, um, I really don't think it's all that hard. The walls become curtains. Uh, you know, I that totally, was, I just wrote that. Down. I that was that. awesome, dude. That was fantastic. <laughs> we're always looking for that, Brian. It's funny because when we were talking about the, the podcast itself, uh, we we're always looking for that one, like just that one hook that is just going to get, everybody's going to get that. Like, okay, you know what? There's my permission because so many people think it's walls, right? They think it's walls, but they don't understand that, man, just, you just nudge it maybe just a little bit. All of a sudden it becomes a curtain and man, you can walk right through and give yourself that permission. So Brian, thank you very much for uh, one, uh, having us here at the, uh, the, the event today. And uh, thanks for being a guest on the show. It's a pleasure to have you guys here again. This is just, you're, you're expanding the, the community and, uh, and giving folks just another purpose and another outlet to, uh, to tell their story. Uh, I hope you, uh, you find that your time here is, uh, is time well spent. And uh, thanks for listening to me. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. We will see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Look forward to it. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.